Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Happy New Year to all of you. Um, and welcome to everyone who's uh, just come back from holiday. Great to have you with us. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. Um, we are actually in a very interesting time of the year, and it's just amazing this morning, through the prayer meeting, through the words that have come in the service, even through the baby dedication, um, how much is actually tying up with what I believe God is wanting to share with us uh, this morning. So this time of the year, uh, between December and then into January, it's either one of two things or either both of them that we tend to do. Number one, it's kind of looking back on the year that's gone by, and um, to look at, at what's happened, what's been, what's been some of the big events. If you get your news feeds, you'd see some of the big stories. Um, the journalists kind of give their year in review. Um, Facebook gives you your top uh, five looked at pictures or liked pictures and, and all of that. But it's kind of the year uh, that's gone by. But not only that, there's also the looking forward to and uh, some of the predictions for the year ahead of us some of the, the big events and some of the things that are going to happen and some of the things that the economic and political analysts are kind of saying that this is, this is what will happen. Um, and the sports analysts and will South Africa choke in the Cricket World Cup again this year. And, you know, th those are kind of the things. It's something that's gone and something that's still to come. And it is often in these moments of transition into, in this case, a new year, it's a good time to sit back and to reflect um, not only on what has happened, but what the next 12 months holds for us. And uh, it's interesting that when you look at Scripture, approximately 70% of all Scripture relates to periods of transition um, in the Bible. Um, it's about Abram leaving Ur, a total nobody and going to the promised land where God has, well, going to a place where God has called him and makes him into a great nation. It's about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and going into the promised land. It's about the judges and thereafter um, the kings and establishments of their kingdoms. Uh, and of course, uh, Jesus then coming and um, the new covenant. It's all these transitions. And as I said, about three quarters of the Bible in your hand makes up these periods of transition. God knows that it is during these times of transition that we need Him the most and that He can be involved in our lives during those times and those periods of change. And one of those transitions is found here in the book of Joshua. Um, it's when Moses handed over the leadership of Israel to Joshua um, you'd remember that the people had come out of Egypt. Uh, they'd come to the edge of the land, but they were too scared um, to go in. And God kept them there for 40 years uh, before they could go in. And now there was a new leader that had emerged. The 40 years had passed. It was a new time. And, uh, and here's what we pick up in the book of Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, 
Moses, my servant, is dead. I've always found that scripture quite amazing um, in that God doesn't say, Moses, your mentor, he's now passed on and, you know, let's spend the five phases of change, um, which is, um, what is it? Anger, depression, denial, um, acceptance. Acceptance is the last one. He doesn't go through all of that, none of that. It's just, Moses is dead, now let's move on. And um, he says this, now then, you and all the people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the, land I am, into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea to the west. No one will be able to stand up against you. Wow. All the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey my law. My, my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. That, they may be, that you may be successful wherever you go. How many of you want to be successful? Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. We want 2019 to be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you you go. I wonder what 2019 holds for you as you look ahead to the next 12 or 11 and a half months. I wonder what it feels like for you. Do you need a command from God to be strong and courageous? Uh, you know, are you excited about 2019? Or is 2019 just a little bit nerve-wracking for some of you? From a country perspective, it's a big year for us. We have our national elections. I've been told this is the most important election since 1994. But again, you hear that for every election they say that. Um, but, it, you know, it's an election year. Things get a little tense, and, um, and people start saying things, and there's accusations and um, uh, attempts to destabilize the economy, both by the ruling party and the opposition. This is nothing new. This is just to kind of get some election fever going. It's happened before, yeah, even in our country. But that's for our country. What about for you? What does 2019 hold for you? And what's going to happen? What's it going to be like? So if we're going to do this, we need to do this properly, right? Now, I've delayed my New Year's celebration until all of you got back so that I could actually celebrate with all of you here today. Um, and so, yeah, let's, let's do this. It's non-alcoholic, by the way, for those of you who are freaking out. Um, so, oh, sorry, maybe this way, or this way. No, this way. Let's try. Oh, sorry. No. 
There we go. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. No, no, I don't ever do this, and that is why it's not done properly. Um, the ones that spilled on the table is for the dead. Um, all right. So, Happy New Year, everyone. Now, there's a couple of people that I was looking for. Firstly, I want to find the person that is most excited for, for 2019. Maybe, maybe it's someone who's... You finished your studies last year, and maybe you're going on to work. It's the first year of work. Maybe it's um, a new business or a new career or something that you're doing, some change. I, I was wanting to find the person that is most excited for 2019. Is it you? All right. Now, Stoffel, in 30 minutes, th sorry, 30 seconds. <laughs> You need to tell us why. So we're going to keep this 30 seconds, please. Eh? Uh, because I know my career is changing, my homestead is changing, and my um, wife's career is changing, and our future is changing today. Amen. Congratulations. Well done. Start early with that one. The next um, one that I wanted to find out is that are there going to be any additions to your families this morning? Congratulations to you. Did I give enough? And then, of course, the currents. Congratulations. Maybe a good one. I don't know, having a child, I think, is probably the most exciting and most scariest thing of all um, that you would do. But congratulations, guys. We are looking forward to that. What else in the currents? Who, I'm not going to ask you why, but who's scared for 2019? Now, this is not a celebration. You're probably saying, give me the alcoholic version. <laughs> but it's just an acknowledgement that, that something's coming. Something that maybe is making you a little nervous. There were a few hands that did go up um, for this year. Something that makes you a little bit scared. And, um, and if that's you as well, um, this this morning, after the service, um, there's always a ministry team up here that will pray. Not pray with you, but, uh, and not just pray for you, but I think pray with you, because to some extent, we all ask it for this year. And then there was just one more to a very special lady whose birthday it is today. I didn't plan on this. Happy birthday, Tabitha. May it also be a good year ahead. There's one left, which... Um, which I will have at the end of the service <laughs> after, after I'm done. But how do we approach 2019? Whether it's excitement, whether it's a new addition to your family, or whether you know, your parents for the first time, um, or, or whether it's just a year that, that you are just scared of. How do we do this thing that God commanded Joshua to be strong 
and courageous. And so this morning, I want to suggest four things, um, four choices, actually. And it was also incredible that in this morning's service, uh, actually this morning's prayer meeting, Travelyn prayed on this, and, and she spoke about choices. God gives us these choices since the time he created us. And these are things that you have to decide. It's not something that God can just come down from heaven and do for you. It's actually a choice um, that you need to make. And as you make notes or put it in your phone or whatever, I trust that it's not going to be like a New Year's resolution that ends up in the bin by the end of January, but that you refer back to this during the course of this year. And hopefully um, this will help you. So the first is this. Choose to be optimistic. Now, this is not pop psychology. It's not, I'm not Oprah. Um, I'm not Dr. Phil. And the Bible is not a psychological textbook. Uh, I know a lot of people use it as such, but, but it isn't. The Bible is full of instructions uh, for us to actually look at the good, um, to look at the things that are right. In fact, before this appointment here of Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, if you turn a few pages back to Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, God actually instructs us or gives us a choice. He tells us to choose between life and death, blessings and cursings, right and wrong, good and evil. Therefore, choose life. He's given us this choice. And of course, Joshua and Caleb uh, had to be in this desert for 40 years um, for something that they didn't even do. 40 years, that's that's a long time. Some of you turned 40 years last year. Some of you are going to turn 40 years this year. But it's a long time. It's a lifetime. And these guys had to be in the desert for 40 years for something that they themselves didn't do. Compare that to your circumstance and to your situation this morning. The Bible gives us a choice to be optimistic. And I think as Christians, we need to be optimists in our workplace and in our schools and in our families, in our friendship circles. Um, it's like, you know, when sometimes someone walks into the room, someone who's optimistic walks into the room and you know who this person is. It's just like sunshine and, and daisies and roses and you just feel this, this load is lifted off you. And then there are other days when some people walk into the room and you just think like, oh my gosh. It's like just darkness and doom and gloom. You just want to tie yourself to a stone and throw yourself into the sea. You know those people? By the way, if you don't know those people, then you are probably one of those people that I'm talking about. And I sometimes, I don't always do this, but I sometimes go and look at Facebook as well. And I see some of your posts that you put and your conversations that you put of doom and gloom. In fact, I could mention some names this morning, but I won't do that. It's really incredible. You see, the world out there is like that. We shouldn't be like that. The world needs to be able to see this in us as Christians, that we are the light, that we are able to claim some of this, this, this joyfulness um, that we have among the chaos. And people around us should always be saying, why are you so, always so upbeat? Why is it that you always choose to see the brighter side of things. You know, why don't you let anything get you down? And as Christians, we should be optimistic. We are commanded to do this, by the way. Uh, Paul tells, Paul from prison, by the way, he wrote this and he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You have to say it twice. 
because if he just told us once, we wouldn't do it. But from prison, he tells us to us to rejoice. We are commanded to rejoice and to be optimistic. We are commanded to look to God and not to be anxious. Now, this doesn't mean that we ignore the negative. We're not ostriches. Our head's not in the sand all the time as things happen around us. We know this. We, we live in a country where if you want negatives, you can get them in truckloads, actually. Um, but it's your choice to be able to see the bad all the time or to see the good. And, you know, as children of faith, we have something different to offer the world. We have a hope and a future in our God's purpose and plan for us. And we need to be optimistic about this. I don't know if you noticed this, but people who are negative, there's always like negative things that happen to them. People always complain about standing in long queues. They always end up being in long queues. Um, you know, people who complain about different things, those things kind of always happen to them. I don't know, it's just, just for some reason. Maybe it's just part of the law or something. But how do you do this? Because I don't want to just give you an instruction to tell you to do this. So I need to give you some help as well. One of the things that you can do is keep a gratitude journal every day. Every, if you're struggling with this thing, every day, write down, look at the past 24 hours and write down something you can be thankful for. It could be the worst day of your life. Just remember this. You've made it through 100% of your worst days. So even it could be the worst day of your life, you can still write down and look and say, I'm alive. <laughs> Most often you'd have a bit more to say. You'd often have a list. But do that. Write down the things that you have to be grateful for. And you will see that life isn't as bad as it appears to be. It's very often easy to forget the good things. Keep a journal. I personally don't keep a journal uh, because around about 20 years ago, I made a decision to do this, to just be thankful of what God has done. And it doesn't take faith, by the way. Thanksgiving doesn't take faith. You're looking back on what's already happened. And just be thankful for what God has done in your life. Choose optimism. optimism. Choose to look at the good. Leave the brokenness of 2018 in 2018. 2018 was a rough year. Poloni tried to kill us. But seriously, this morning, if you come to the front and just leave the brokenness of 2018 behind you, leave it here. During the week, people come and clean up and whatever, and you come back next week, it will be gone. Um, but do that. Won't you do that? Don't carry on the burdens of 2018 into this year. Secondly, choose community. Life is not meant to be done alone. Life actually cannot be done alone. We don't live alone on this planet. Um, we are surrounded by, a pe by people. But again, you need to be able to choose those people. Um, unfortunately, you cannot choose family. Um, but you can choose your friends. Some of you just come out of Christmas and New Year spending time with family thinking, oh gosh, got through that again. But we are able to choose our friends and the people... Um, you associate yourself with. So why don't you make a decision in 2019 to be deliberate and conscious about that, about the group of people you surround yourself with. Cut out the negative people in your life. It's a bit like bird box, this. 
Now, for those of you who haven't watched it yet, so spoiler alert, but Bird Box is this movie currently on Netflix um, of these like spiritual things that come, and um, if you see it, you are then driven to commit suicide. That's what happens. Sandra Bullock stars in this movie, and so what they do is they blindfold themselves and the kids and everyone else so that you don't actually see this to actually then go and kill yourself. And some people are like that. You see them, and you're just driven to go and... <laughs> Won't you this year maybe put a blindfold over your eyes, a spiritual blindfold over your eyes for those people? You know those people. Those are the people that actually drag you back, that pull you down. Uh, and that's what happened here with, with the Israelites when they got to the promised land. Joshua sent out um, 12 spies to go and spy out the land. They came back with an incredible report. Um, they brought back fruits that they, they couldn't just carry in their hands. In fact, two men had to put a pole between them, and they put the, the, the grapes on it and the pomegranates. And it was just an amazing a land flowing with milk and honey. And they come back, and 10 of them say, it can't be done. There's giants. This land cannot be taken. It's too rough for us. Um, and then you have Joshua and Caleb, the two of the Israelites who said, yeah, it is tough, but this land can be taken. God will help us to do it. And then on one hand, you have the negatives, and on the other hand, you have the guys with the positive reports. Who did the people listen to? This year, be careful who you choose in your community. Um, just another thing as well, I just thought about it this morning. That's why there's a lot of babies in the church, a lot of young kids in the church who are called Joshua and Caleb because they were successful. Nobody calls their son Shamua. I mean, a part of it being a terrible name to call a baby. Those were the people that were successful, uh, unsuccessful. They weren't successful at what they did. And because of them, people stay there for 40 years. And this is true. Watch out with the friends that you keep because you are actually your friends. Now, somebody once told me, if you want to see yourself in, in, a, in 10 years' time or in a few years' time, look at your friends. And that is exactly who you will become. You take a little from everyone, and that's who you become. It's also scripture in Corinthians. Um, it says, bad company ruins good character. And, and that is very true. If you're friends are negative, you will be, be negative. If your friends are deadbeat losers, you will become deadbeat losers. If your friends are positive, well, you will become positive. And take a look around you and, and make that change this morning. Minimize the time that you spend with people that are not good influencers. I know this is harsh, but this is for your benefit. And you need to know the people you know those people that you need to cut out, and you know the reasons for that. Um, make that choice this morning. The other thing as well, when you do get together, don't just keep your conversations to chit-chat conversations, you know, over the braai or over um, when you invite people over for a meal. It's not just about gossip or meaningless nonsense. And I'm not saying you can't have fun and laughter. There's, there's a time and a place for that. But let your conversations have more depth this year to the point where iron sharpens iron because that's what you want, those meaningful, those meaningful, those meaningful conversations. 
Um, we often do this in home groups. It's probably a great place to be able to do it, um, where we come together. And my challenge again uh, to you this morning is not whether you're in a home group or not, because you should be. But my challenge is to the home group leaders. When your group comes together, it, do you have these conversations of iron sharpening iron? Or when you get together, is it always just complaining about this and about that and everything else? Choose. Choose community. Uh, we use God's word as a guide in our home groups because his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So choose community. Choose this church community. Thirdly, choose faith. Choose to believe. Faith is nothing, it's not mystical. It's not a genie that's there to grant you your three wishes. Uh, it's not a spell that can fix everything that's going wrong and make things go away. Faith is described for us in Hebrews chapter 11, um, where it says it's being certain of what we hope for and sure of that which we do not see. It's a deep abiding belief that God is with us. Um, that's what we've just celebrated in Christmas, where the angel came and said his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And God is with us. Just during this past December, um, I was just reflecting on Christmas and how we celebrate it because it's a real fun time for us, right? All the food and the drinks and the holidays and the celebration and all of that. And yet the first Christmas wasn't anything like that. Um, it was a tough, rough time for the Israelites. It was a terrible time for the people in this uh, Christmas story. If you think about it, um, Mary was pregnant, and this was out of wedlock. In that culture, they would stone you to death. I mean, imagine your teenage daughter comes to you and tells you, I'm pregnant. An angel appeared to me. Um, the country was under occupation by the Romans, who were just oppressive and, and brutal. Um, Herod gave the instruction to kill all boys under the age of two. Now imagine that, your baby being ripped from your arms and a sword that is put through him, no explanation given or anything, and that's it. This was a really serious, tough time. And then, of course, they had to take that trip all the way from, um, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, a few hundred k's or so on those routes and and on a donkey, being probably on a donkey, being heavily pregnant. I mean, it's hard just to drive from here to Peter Marisburg being heavily pregnant. I mean, imagine doing this trip. And then, of course, there was Herod, this um, uh, corrupt leader who overtaxed the people. And um, I know a little bit about tax. So back then, what happened was Rome would come, they'll calculate what the tax should be. Herod will pay that amount over, and then he will collect it from the people. And he taxed them 10 times, sometimes 20 times, what he should have been taxing them. And he kept the rest for himself. I'm not sure if there's a modern analogy to that. Uh, couldn't find anything. But, but this was a rough time in their history. This wasn't a, a beautiful, lovely, gentle story as we often think of it. The point is... God knows this world. When Jesus came, there wasn't just this bright light that shone and just everything became perfect. 
But God knows this world because he's been here. Not because he created it. Not because he is watching it. Not because he is God. But because he has been here. He knows what you go through because he's been through exactly what you've been through. And God is not a magical genie. In fact, after Jesus left, about four years after that, the Romans came into Jerusalem and they completely decimated Jerusalem. They, they tore down the temple um, and it was just terrible. Things didn't become perfect after Jesus left. But the important thing to know is that God is not going to take out the scary bits of 2019, for those of you who are scared. But that He's going to be there with you. And that's what faith is. It's the belief that God is with us. And if God has brought us to it, then He will bring us through it. God will do that. He will be with you every step of the way. Proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways and He will make straight paths for you. He won't walk those paths for you, but He will walk those paths with you. And that's the important part. Choose faith. Choose this life partnership between you and God. And finally, choose Jesus. Um, I probably don't even need to say anything about this, the way it's come through this morning so clearly, um, proclaiming the name of Jesus. But we need to choose Jesus because when we choose Jesus, we choose life. When you choose Jesus, all these things um, of, of, of being optimistic, of choosing community, of choosing faith becomes that much easier. There's no formula, there's nothing mystical about it. You know, all you have to do is say, my life is not my own. And you just need to welcome him into your life and give him full control over your life. And pray, pray for the things that I, that I don't want to do and that I find myself doing. Pray for his help, that he will come and that he will make you strong. And he will make you go through those times. He will get you through those times. But the things that I want to do and I don't do, like reading my Bible as often as I should, um, or praying or spending time just meditating on Him, He's there to help us with that as well. Um, he is there. And so for those who have not chosen Jesus, um, and I know there could be many. There are many people who come and join us for our celebration on a Sunday. Those even turn, attend home groups that have not made that choice. Um, to accept Jesus into their lives. Maybe this is the time. Maybe 2019 is the year. Don't wait till the end of the year. You can do it here this morning. And for those who have already made that decision, um, perhaps 2019 is the year for us to remind ourselves um, that we need more of Jesus in our lives. You see, you only have 24 hours in a day. And if you um, fill that up quickly with the work um, that you need to do, that your boss wants you to do, uh, that your clients want you to do, that um, your family requires of you, those 24 hours can get filled up very quickly, leaving no space at all for Jesus. He is the creator of time, and he will help us to be able 
to do this. Make time, make space for Jesus um, in your life. Put Jesus first because, and make the choice to put Jesus first because you can easily miss him. Um, and that's where, will you, that's where you will find him. Make more time um, for Jesus. As I wrap up this morning, there's just a, a quick illustration that I thought of doing this morning. And I'm going to call my wife to help me with this. Come on, love. Now, I'm sure just about everyone here has watched Superman. And um, Superman won, actually. Uh, there's a part where Superman asks out Lewis Lane on a date. And they go and they're on a balcony. And um, he tells her, I want to go for a fly. That's my interpretation of it. Uh, but he says, look, let's go for a ride. So we're going to just change characters a bit. Um, you're going to be Superman. All right. I'm going to be Lewis. Now, when they first start flying, she is like this. I won't pick up my other leg because I don't think you'll carry me. But she's like this on him. You know, know that part? She's like just everything is clinging on to him. But he is Superman. And he is, he is Superman, of course. But she does that. And then as they start flying, slowly this turns to this. And, and then slowly this becomes this. And they put their hands out. You remember this? And then slowly it goes like this, right to about the end. And she's still flying. She's still going good. And then eventually she just lets go of that. And what happened? She just, gravity hits her, full off, down. And then he just flies and he scoops her up and gets on again. And I think for most of us, you know, when we become Christians, our love for God and for Jesus and our time is like this. We're onto him. We're clinging to him. <laughs> and then family comes in the way and it does this. And then eventually work does that. And our time we need to be spending with our clients. And eventually we are so far from what we started off with. And so this morning, won't you choose Jesus? Thanks, Rob. Won't you choose Jesus? Because it's very easy to get that far away from him. As we finish off this morning, I hope these four things have been helpful. It's the things I'm looking at to do this year. And I hope that you would consider them. And as we close, would you just bow your heads and and close your eyes. There's a scripture in Philippians, just before the ones that Lainey read a minute ago, that I want to just read over us this morning. Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this new year. Thank you for bringing us through 2018 and through the trials and through the tribulations, Lord. You've been there with us. And we thank you for that. And as we go ahead into this year, Lord, we just pray for this promise that the peace of God will reign in our hearts. 
with each one of us that is here. Bless us, Lord, with all the ambitions and the goals and things that we have in plan for this year, Lord. Above all else, Lord, may we choose Jesus in everything that we do. Be with us and go before us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.